0: This is Very Public Affairs, the podcast of the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of the Very Public Affairs podcast for 2022. I'm Cameron Chu, Analyst at the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs, and today I'm joined by the Centre's Executive Director, Wayne Burns. Wayne's here to discuss the Centre's top five predictions in 2022 for the corporate affairs function. Hi, Wayne. Hi, how are you doing? Great, thanks. So the Senate's been publishing its top five predictions for the corporate affairs function every year since 2015. What's changed this year?
1: A lot of uncertainty. I guess (laughs) we'd all say life's pretty uncertain anyway, and uh, the businesses and the agency of of state or the NGOs that we all work in have to cope with uncertainty at any time. But coming out of a, a global, a period of global uncertainty, Um, as we attempt to adapt to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Then you've got a a lot of geopolitical tensions. And when we put the predictions together for this year, uh, Russia had not illegally invaded Ukraine. Uh, We were looking at tensions primarily um, in the Asia-Pacific between China and uh, Taiwan and uh, nations like uh, um, Australia. Philippines and Vietnam, and between the US and China, and a lot of countries in the EU and China as well. So China was the focus. And now that the, the invasion of Ukraine and and the horror that's unfolding there has made what was uncertain times anyway, far more uncertain. So the age of certainty, if there ever was one, is um definitely came to a halt in the first couple of months of this year, and probably more so than in previous years.
0: Given what you've just said about geopolitical instability, how will it manifest into issues for corporations? And how can these issues be managed?
1: Certainly, geopolitical instability means there's more issues for the corporate public affairs function to work across the organisation to manage. There's no doubt about that. And if you look at what's happening in Ukraine or look at what's happening with China, a disruption of markets, you know, energy, supply chains, also currency fluctuations, impact overall on economic and community sentiment, that creates issues for organisations. And the corporate public affairs function definitely is being called on to assist organisations organizations or to coordinate management of issues that uh, those situations and um, those geopolitical uh, tensions cause. But also what we're going to be seeing, and this is one of our predictions that the corporate public affairs function is going to be called on far more frequently, if it's not being called on already, to provide analysis on the socio-political environment, which includes the geopolitical environment. What impact are these uh, trade tensions that China is creating, tensions around a possible invasion or military action against Taiwan by China, tensions across Asia, North Asia and Southeast Asia, China's relationship with the Philippines, with Vietnam, uh, with Indonesia as well and uh, what's happening in uh, Europe with Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. These all have material impacts on organizations and boards and senior management teams as they manage through this and, and develop the strategy through this need more geopolitical input. And the natural place for that to come from uh, or to be coordinated by is the corporate public affairs function. So that's one of our predictions this year. The first one that uh, geopolitical issues will come to the fore uh, and the corporate public or are coming to the fore and the corporate public affairs function will increasingly be asked to develop the capability or bring in the capability from outside to inform strategy and business as usual with those geopolitical developments uh, and issues to the four.
0: Let's talk about the centre's second prediction now, which focuses on the future of work. Are there challenges for organisations beyond what we've seen for the past two years, say the great resignation or getting employees back into the office?
1: These are challenges, whole of organisations challenges. When you're thinking about how employees engage with strategy, how they engage with important messages, possibly part of campaigns, about how the organisation can operate better, what its role in the community is, how we work, whether that be hybridly at home or in the office if we're knowledge workers, what does the changing nature of work mean to frontline workers who don't work in an office that are physically customer-facing. These are issues that companies are trying to work through at the moment. And the role of the corporate public affairs function with HR in a lot of organisations is to to filter through and and understand government policy and and regulations and how to engage with governments around this issue, how to engage with industries uh, around this issues with industry groups uh, as well. So these are live issues and, and the role of the function is to be at the table when these issues are being discussed and when decisions are being made as the socio-political expert in the organisation. And it's interesting, the, the role that internal communications played in 2020-21 and into 2022 around um, the initial chaos and uncertainty, total uncertainty around the, the pandemic and then acceptance that it was there and then where we are now in the adaption phase, internal communications has been really at the centre of company discussions and decisions because they understand how employees are going to engage with messages or and whether messages are going to be credible as well and how employees also will most likely behave so That's going to continue and uh, the corporate public affairs function more generally, we think, will be uh, central to discussions about the future of work in many, many organisations. And that's our second prediction for 2022.
0: The Centre's third prediction discusses living with AI, a discussion which often seems to be approached with a bit of caution. What's the Centre's views on this?
1: The issue around AI for most organizations, artificial intelligence, is how it can be harnessed effectively and productively. And also there are is, is the use of artificial intelligence going to have an impact on jobs? Is it going to reduce employment in some organizations? So that's a live industrial relations issue, but it's a live socio-political issue as well. If organizations are looking to cut costs, okay, well, artificial intelligence might be one way to do that, but at the a more sophisticated sophisticated... sophisticated understanding of artificial intelligence is they can help the organization do more. And it's not necessarily about cutting costs. It's about how organizations interact with customers and clients, what they produce, how they produce it, how they manufacture it, whether it be a good or a service. So a lot of employees in organizations probably ambivalent or fearful about artificial intelligence because they think, oh, well, I might be replaced by a computer program or a a digital process. So the, the role of the function over the next couple of years is To help the organization, and that includes the boards of organizations as well, and the senior management team, understand artificial intelligence and the community's reaction and understanding and perceptions of artificial intelligence. And and that includes regulators and legislators and the media as well. So it's an opportunity, and we're seeing a lot more corporate public affairs teams grab that opportunity and play a leading role in the organization, often with strategy teams. Okay, what are the social implications of more use of artificial intelligence? How it can be used in our industry or or our company? Uh, What do we really need? to know about it. So it's playing the role of an educator, but also as a socio-political function, helping the organisation understand that how other actors uh, in the community and society are embracing or not embracing or perceive artificial intelligence as well. So that's our third prediction for the year. The function playing an upfront and centre role in helping their organisations understand the social implications and uh, emerging social impact of the use of artificial intelligence across all industries and sectors.
0: You are listening to a podcast from the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs, a membership-based organisation comprising companies, industry associations and government departments across Asia Pacific. The Centre works with its members and other entities to apply best practice to extend their social licence to operate. The Centre develops and delivers executive education globally, conducts research and provides specialist consulting services. So, the center's fourth prediction focuses on ESG, and it's compared to the cabbage patch doll craze of 1983, which, yes, I had to Google. (laughs) Reading the news now really does seem like ESG is at the front and center of debate.
1: ESG, as we know... Anyone who worked, has worked in corporate public affairs, you know corporate responsibility and now ESG, environment, uh, social, and government performance and impact, it's been important to many companies for many years. What's happened probably in the last 12 months, maybe 24 months, that ESG has taken a front seat in the way that uh, market analysts, especially buy and sell stock market analysts, but also big investors like superannuation funds in Australia and pension and retirement investment funds, in North America and Europe, they want to be sure that what they're investing in does as little harm as possible to the environment maybe even creates environmental value doesn't have a a negative social impact and also that good governance which includes supply chain management is and how you deal with stakeholders is all in good health and what the pandemic has done is get a lot of us thinking a lot more about where we work how we work our environment our community and you know how can we sustain a good life on this planet now companies have been engaging this for years it's the market that's caught up now and it's interested in this and more investors are interested in this so there's an opportunity for the corporate public affairs function to within their organization help the market better understand what actually ESG is and how many organizations many corporations that have had their head around this and about as been managing towards more positive ESG performance for more than 20 years now. It's not a new thing. So that's that's about reputation, but that's also about helping companies reframe what ESG has been to those organisations and what their performance is. And if they can do that, that can definitely lead to better market perceptions of those organisations, You know whether they're a, not only a good investment, but a great investment because they've had their head around ESG for a long time and they're managing the ESG targets and performance that are embedded in strategy and have been for decades and the top of mind when modus operandi decisions are made. So that's our fourth prediction is that uh, ESG or the function has... an opportunity to reframe with the market the ESG performance and what that has meant um, not only the last couple of years but the last couple of decades.
0: The final prediction for 2022 is about corporations getting bolshy on COVID-19. Does this mean corporations will continue to act proactively beyond the pandemic?
1: So our fifth prediction is that more corporations are probably going to get a bit more bolshy on how they see the priorities of uh, societies and communities adapting to living with COVID-19. We're definitely not in the recovery stage yet. And we've talked a lot of the last couple of years with our members and with companies we've been doing work with across Asia Pacific is that there's still a lot of disequilibrium in society. That means there's a lot of still a lot of anxiety uncertainty about how we're going to live with our COVID-19. That provides policymakers in particular opportunities to promote reform and to, you know, manage reform across a whole lot of policy areas that have needed reform for some time. So, you know, stuff that's needed to be done for some time. So when you've got uncertainty, high levels of anxiety, people are more likely to listen to solutions and to accept change. Now, there's a window for that. Once that anxiety or disequilibrium subsides, there's no burning platform for change. And a lot of companies and leadership companies see this and realise this. There's a perception that, especially in some liberal democracies, that change that is necessary and that can more readily be made now, as we adjust to living with COVID-19 should be made and not enough is being done so we're predicting that in 2022 especially that more CEOs and boards are going to be a lot more vocal and really throw the switch to assertive advocacy of policy changes and policy reform that they think is certainly necessary and they will point out there's an appetite for that change and they'll be pushing governments in places like Australia, the, the US, Indonesia to to actually make, those, make that change and you'll see them being far more vocal. So uh, again, that's our fifth prediction for the year. Watch this space. Companies are going to be a lot more assertive about policy changes that they think are not only their interest, but in the, the national interest. And they're going to be louder in their advocacy of it and really push governments to do more.
0: And now to the question we all really want to know, Wayne. We're about three months into 2022. Any regrets over the census predictions so far?
1: I uh, probably uh, regret over predictions that, uh, that may not eventuate. It's probably not the, um, the top of mind uh, of our work at the, the centre. But um, unfortunately, the geopolitical uncertainty, um, we're, we're in the thick of that uh, now. Whether the other predictions um, are panning out, uh, yeah, we, we see that they are the degree to which they are, or that they will uh, eventually, we'll, we'll be able to have a discussion about this uh, next year. But the, our predictions are based on speaking to to corporations, to agencies of state, to NGOs, to leaders in those organisations across Asia-Pacific and with our, um, our sibling organisation, the, the Public Affairs Council in Washington DC um, and corporate heads of corporate public affairs functions across the world. So um, we're not flying blind, and we just don't have a crystal ball on our table. Uh, our, our predictions are and uh, uh, forecasts are based on conversations we have and discussions we have uh, with people working in organisations that, um, that are going towards the direction of of each of our five predictions, anyway. So. We haven't been tarred and feathered yet over the past seven years when we've made these predictions. Most of them have um, come true and that's not because we're very clever, it's because we're we're talking to, to lots of people who uh, um, are leading uh, the way in corporate uh, public affairs and in business. And um, they themselves have been pretty savvy. So we're almost like uh, we're like magpies. We pick up information and we pick up uh, bits and pieces from all over the place and uh, bring it together in uh, in a nest which we um, uh, bundle up and package as our predictions every year.
0: Thanks, Wayne, for explaining the Centre's thoughts behind its predictions for 2022.
1: Thank you and looking forward to our next uh, podcast which will be coming up in two or three weeks.
0: If you enjoyed this episode
1: of Very Public Affairs, subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. For more, visit the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs website at www.accpa.com.au.